All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer real quick, and then uh, we'll continue with our studies. Lord, we just come to you just thanking you and praying for this day, Lord. We thank you for letting us be able to come here tonight, Lord, just to study your word, Lord. We just pray for those that are lifted up here tonight, Lord, that you'll just be with them, Lord, touching. You know, every need that they that they got, Lord, we just pray that you'll just touch them and heal them, Lord. Lord, and those that's uh, not here tonight, Lord, just be with him. We just thank for uh, Pastor Gary and them getting back home. And, uh, Lord, we just pray for each one of us in the church, Lord, for, you know, safety and good health as we travel to and from, Lord. Most of all, Lord, that, uh, that you'll just, uh, that your word be opened up to us tonight, Lord, and that uh, we'll be able to learn and understand what you have in store for us, Lord. We just pray for each one of us here again and our families. We love you so much, Lord. We just thank you for being who you are, for dying on the cross for us, showing us mercy, grace, and the comfort and times that we need the most, Lord. We thank you for all those things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, brother. Right. <clears throat> We're going to be in uh, Numbers 21.10. That's where we'll be starting at tonight. And uh, I'll read the first few uh, two scriptures. It says, Now the children of Israel moved on and camped in Oboth. And they journeyed from Oboth and camped in in the wilderness which is east of Moab toward the sunrise. From there they moved and camped in the valley of Zerid. From there they moved and camped on the other side of Ammon which is in the wilderness that extends from the border of the Amorites for the Ammon It's Arnon. It's Arnon, excuse me. That's why I got bifocals on. I still can't see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. They do balance up there. <laughs> and the slope of the, the brooks that reach to the dwelling of Ar and lies on the border of Moab. From there they went to Beer, which is well where the Lord said to Moses, Gather the people together and I will give them water. Then Israel sang the song, Spring up, O well. And if you sing it to it, the well the leaders sang, dug by the nation's nobles to by the lawgiver with the, their stab, their stabs. And from the wilderness they went to Matana, and from Matana to Nahalil, from Nahalil to Bamoth, and from Bamoth in the valley that is in the country of Moab to the top of the Pisgah, which looks down on the wasteland. But uh, one thing I want to say about that is, you know, it does mention, it says, therefore it said in the book of the wars of Lord. Did y'all get that? Uh, you know, that's the only time that that book was actually mentioned in the Bible period, you know, from a different area. And I just thought that was kind of interesting myself. And, uh, and uh, let's see here. Now, so I did a little bit of research on that on the Book of the War of Lord, and I don't really want to get too deep into it, but uh, <clears throat> it says that it's, it's a book that's actually lost to us now. We don't really know exactly what that book is and what it referenced to. It says the only information we have about, have about it is in the one passage of Scripture, which is mentioned here in Numbers. And the way it's mentioned in Scripture would indicate that it was somewhat of ancient Israel. Such lost books are not uncommon because very few ancient books have survived in most of the writings. 
It is the testament of the miracle of Scripture that the books of the Bible have many ancient copies and that we can readily certainly discern what the original said. So, you know, you've got to remember, you know, back in this time, you know, people wrote stuff down. They wrote books and there were different poets and that kind of thing that wrote stuff. But this was mentioned in here, and I thought that was kind of neat that it was the first time we hear some, another book mentioned in the Bible like that, especially in, in Numbers. But, uh, but the thing about it, we got to remember these people here, they're moving around again. They've been moving around for all this time, and they're still on the move. And they're going from city to city, from camp to camp, and still basically doing the same thing that they have been during this time. But uh, we go on down. <clears throat> It says here that uh, talking about other books of the Bible and stuff that were mentioned, this is something else that brought up to my attention was that uh, even in Paul, he quoted in Acts 17:28. Let me read that to you. It says that uh, in Acts, it starts in Acts, Acts 22. It says, "So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious.'" But in Acts 17, 28, that's who was speaking to. He says, For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have, for we indeed are of his offspring. So, say he was referring back to a poet had said this. You know what I'm saying? So, that kind of goes back along with that one book that was mentioned in there of different things being said by different people in the Bible. That's just kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about them having different writings, different books, different poets, and writing things down. It still might have went along with the Bible, but we all know, the way I look at it is too, if it's not in here, <laughs> you know, to me, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, it's not really something that I think the Lord had wanted us to really get to in depth of. If it, if it, was, if it was, then it would be right here in this book, yeah. you know. But I did think that was kind of interesting that it was mentioned there. All right, 21 uh, through 23. Would somebody like to read that? It's two scriptures. I'll read it for you. Okay. Then Israel sent messengers to Sihon king of the Amorites, saying, Let me pass through your land. We will not turn aside into fields or vineyards. We will not drink water from wells. We will go by the king's highway until we have passed through your territory. The Sihon would not allow Israel to pass through his territory. So Sihon gathered all his people together and went out against Israel in the wilderness. And he came to Jehaz and fought against Israel. So what's interesting about this verse right here is, these two verses is that, uh, you know, they asked for permission to pass through this land. We have to remember that. They just didn't march through there and say, hey, we're coming through here no matter what. They asked for permission to do this. So we have to keep that in mind. And also, uh, they specifically said, we will not turn aside in the fields or vineyards, and we will not drink from their water wells. It says here, we will go by the king's highway until we'll pass through your territory. But Sion again would not let them do that. They said, no, we don't want that to happen. So it says there that he gathered all his people together and went out against the Israelites in the wilderness. Then he came to Jahaz and fought against Israel. So there again, this group, they go through Israel. And you got to remember, 
this this group of people has done gotten very very large you know what i'm saying this ain't just a just a small little group of people running around now this is they've been traveling through this desert this journey for a while when you think of people that was 20 years old at the time now they're 40 well they got kids you know what i'm saying all these people is just growing as a large large group it's not just a little big small sect of people so we have to make sure we understand the size of this and as we go through this study tonight you're going to really understand how big these people are and not only that we'll also want to understand why a lot of these people didn't want them there simply because the size of the group of people that it was and that's what to deal with so that's one reason why people didn't want to mess with them so uh <clears throat> so we know there that they would not let them pass through the land even though the Israelites promised it would be of no expense or trouble to them so that's the key factor they went to them talked to them said hey we want to drink through your water wells you know, they're going by the King's Highway, which you got to remember, they were by the river there, so they was going to get their water and stuff through the natural sources and not bug anybody for anything. And then it says also, while Edom passively refused, the Amorites actively attacked Israel. And then the King Sion, he led, he's the one that led the battle, you know. So they saw them out there and they're like, no, you're not coming through here. They saw a large group of people. What well, they want to do? They tapped them in the woods. How large was their group? I'm not sure how many people they actually had, but I would think if they had a group of people that was going to try to attack this large number of people, that had to be a pretty good size, you know, of, 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 a, of a group, I would think. Well, I think Israel, they had people designated to fight. You know, it wasn't right. women and children all that. Oh, no, they had people there that was, you know, they took care of things, you know. But we've got to remember, too, though, everything that the Lord done put them through during this time, they've been living in the wilderness. These people done got pretty tough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, they just ain't walking a park here. I mean, these people here, they with their bare hands. They out in the elements. You know, they eating bird and stuff that comes from the, from the air and, I mean, they they tough people. Now, they ain't, they ain't somebody living over in a tent all day long and relishing all the good things in life. I mean, they, they're out here in the elements, you know. They're like the, I guess you could say, kind of like the the preppers of today's time in a way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they knew how to survive, you know. They were hunting and fishing and all this stuff. Right. You know, they're not living off of a mailbox check by any means. No, 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 they're not, for sure. All right. Why do y'all think that he wouldn't let them pass through the land even after he wouldn't ask? What is y'all what is y'all's thoughts on that? You get a group that that huge, how can they be certain that they won't just come through there and just destroy? Right. You know, there not all those people in there might not be good people. We're trying to take over the country. Yeah. Uh, because you, know, like you, know, yeah, you can't trust them all. Yeah. That right. many people there, if he uh, going across a field or something, you know. Yeah. How many? Be just like a herd of cows, you know. Right. Trumping everything down. You know, it's not like today's time we can turn on the television and we can see groups marching from the south of the border coming up. You know, we know how big, how many, how many people there is, and all that. You know, they just see a large group of people come in. They're out there with their own eyeballs looking at this right here, and they probably see thousands of people and maybe even a dust cloud of these people marching in. And they're, like you said, they probably just like, ah, that's too many people to deal with. We don't want to fool with them. 
Well, not only that, you can tell somebody, well, we're not going to touch nothing, but you got thousands and thousands of people. Gonna, some people ain't going to obey the rule, right? Well, let me ask y'all a question. We all got family members, right? <laughs> and some of those family members don't make the best guests, do they? <laughs> right. I remember one time, and I'm probably going to get in trouble if this is on camera, but anyway, when the hurricane came through way back in, I don't remember, it was like Katrina or Rita or whatever one it was, we had a lot of family that came up. And I love my family, camera. <laughs> but the fact is, when they stay there for, you know, two, three months, you know, it changes the whole process of your living quarters. You know what I'm saying? And uh, again, I love my family. But uh, like I said, you know, I was glad whenever they got their stuff together and was able to move out and go back home. I mean, you know, you just don't walk around the house in your normal attire when you've got a, fan, a lot of people there. You know what I'm saying? You know, and they were walking but, uh, too. It's not like they could pass through quickly. No, it was a slow. I don't know how big of a yeah. place it was, but it would take them a long time to all get through there. Right. Our, John, when, when John retired, our son got retired out of the military after 20 years, he had called, called and said, Mom, we're coming home. Can we stay with you for a while? Because Lori's mom and dad have a real small house. Yeah. And we said, you know, I talked to Gary about it. We said, yeah, y'all come home. Well, you go from two people and one dog and one cat to six people and right. two more huge dogs. Yeah. And yeah, change two and a half years. <laughs> yeah, well, it was 20, 20, they were 22 months. That's a long time. Yeah. That's yeah. sort of like the grandkids coming over there. You like to see them, but you like to see them tail lights going out of the <laughs> You love them right. to death, but you know, every yeah. while. But, too, you know, these people here, they didn't know who these, they didn't know nothing about them, though, either. You know, they knew they was a, a group of people that kind of revolted. And they, you know, you know, by, go by hearsay as things go went back those days. As a group of people that revolted where they were from in Egypt, we're not sure if these people here knew the Lord God or not. You know, really, but we do know that we had a large group of people that revolted against who they were. They were slaves, and here they are going down through now trying to make it somewhere. And they don't know if these people are going to tear up everything in their path to get what they want or what's going to happen, like you said. So they might, might have they told them no. They might have heard too that these people were looking for a place to light, you know, the prop the land. Yeah. Well, like I said, they were attacked. They went over and they started, they fought against them. And uh, in Numbers 21, 24 through 32, would somebody like to read that? 24 through 32. No, I'll read it. Okay. Then Israel defeated him with the edge of the sword and took possession of his land from Arnon and Jabba, as far as the people of Anon. For the border of the people of Anon was fortified. So Israel took all these cities, and Israel dwelt in all the cities of the Amorites, in Heshbon and all its villages. For Heshbon was the city of Sion, king of the Amorites, who had fought against the former king of Moab, and had taken all his land from his hand as far as Arnon. Therefore, those who speak in Proverbs say, whatever. That was it, wasn't it? Yes. That's correct. Is that the one? What? 22? 
27. Oh, come to Heshbon, let it be built. Let the city of Sihon be repaired. <coughs> that was what it said, wasn't it? Yeah, 27. Are you supposed to read 332? 32. 332. Oh, 32. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, 332. I'm sorry. Well, the fire went out from, from Heshbon, a flame from the city of Sion. It consumed Ar and Moab, the lords of the heights of the Arnon. Woe to you, Moab. You have perished, O people of Chemosh. He has given his sons as fugitives and his daughters into captivity to Sion, the king of the Amorites. But we have <clears> shot <throat> them all. We have shot at them. Heshbon has perished as far as Dibon. Then he laid waste as far as Nopal, which reaches to Medeba. Medeba. Thus Israel dwelt in the land of the Amorites. Then Moses sent to spy out Jazar, and they took its villages and drove out the Amorites who were there. Yep. All right, so we know that they went against them to attack them. And we see here that it says, But uh, but Sion would not allow it to pass through this territory, so Sion gathered all his people together and went out to Israel with the wilderness. Came to Jahaz and fought them, and Israel defeated them you know, with the edge of the sword, okay? And took possession of the land. So they beat them, then they took the land. Like, hey, they came with us. We asked for them, for us to come through. Lord gave us power. We went out mighty with the sword and we beat them. We conquered them. We conquered them. So now we're going to take possession of their land. And uh, so they took that from Arnon to the, to, to the Jabbok. As far as the people were aiming, for well, the board of the people of Ammon was fortified. So Israel, they took all those cities. And Israel dwelt in the cities of the Amorites and all its villages. So we know for a fact just by reading this that some of these little areas here could have been a little bit small, you know, for them first going into some of these cities and villages. Because of uh, it says here in some notes that I read, looked up about that battle. It says, uh, <clears throat> We now better understand God's favor and mercy on Israel. Before they faced the hardened warriors of Canaan, God gave them the smaller foes and smaller battles to fight. And then we see how foolish the unbelief of the previous generation was. But it says also that, uh, that Israel dwelt in the land of the Amorites. The land of the Amorites later becomes the possession of Israel. The tribe of Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh receives this land. But also, where it says, where fire went out from Heshbon, it says, Woe to you, Moab. The, the passages of poetry are meant to show what a mighty people the Amorites were, and in contrast, how glorious Israel's victory then was. So they were renowned for fighting, okay? So they attacked them. Israel comes out with the sword, they defeat them, and they take over. So you got to think about that and the fact 
that here Israel is on this march coming through here. All these other little communities and villages is coming up. They're probably thinking, oh no, you know, are they, going, are they coming our way? Or what are we going to be against now, you know? We know how God is. We know God's going to bless these people because they are His, right? So whatever they're faced with, as long as they do it underneath God's calling, His word, that it's going to happen. He's going to clear a way. He's going to clear a path. He didn't bring them out of Egypt. See them get beat by some little small village. You know what I'm saying? He brought them out of Egypt because he's got a purpose for them. And they're on a passage from A to Z, and they're going to make it there, and we know that. But also, you got to think about it too. We know they're going to make it because we've already read it. You know what yeah. I mean? These people here, if you put yourself in that time traveling, you know, what do you think their thoughts would be, you know, going through this? You know, here we are, the Lord's done paved the way. He's done prepared us. He's done giving us food, water. He leads us by fire and, and you know, at night and this kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, now we're met with people that's wanting to hurt us, even though we're asking for permission to go through. But it's like anybody in human nature, if somebody attacks you, what are you going to do? You're going to fight back, right? That's what it, the way it is. And uh, a lot of times when I start reading this, I, in my mind, I'm, put, I'm picturing like, you know, swords and the Vikings and those kind of days, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, just kind of medieval type times on things. But, uh, but we know that this was a, an ordained deal by God for sure. And he's on his way and he's going to do what he needs to do to get things done the way he wants it. <clears throat> makes me wonder some sometimes though these people have been constantly griping right lord you brought us out here and you're going to let us starve to death and die out here in this wilderness right and it's almost ironic that they don't just give up yeah but yeah it's one battle after another you know it's kind of like us in life if you think about it it's like we talked about earlier in our prayer life and stuff you know we get these things that get thrown at us and some people get one thing after another, after another, after another, and they're 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 faithful. They read the Bible. They pray all the time, and things just it seem like bad things are always before them. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like this right here. Yeah. We're gonna find out if we read this and study this that you know this ain't the only battle they got. They got a long ways to go with battles. <laughs> but if you think about it, that in, in today's times, even with us, the battles that we have and we face. We always got to know he's got to hold true to the Lord. He's going to provide the way for us. So. Well, how long, any idea how long the, the Amorites have been in the land there? But back up in verse 26, the Amorites had come against Moab. Mm -hmm. And that's where they got all this land from. Right. Moab. So that already taken over land. Let's see if it says in my study Bible here how long they've been there. I think these other people realize that Moses had the Lord on his side. Right. So they, the outcome was always going to be in favor of Moses. I don't know how long they had been there, Sam. All right, let's go to uh, 33 through 35. Good. And they turned and went by the way of Bashan, 
and Og the king of Bashan went out against them, he and all his people, to the battle at Edrei. And the Lord said unto Moses, Fear him not, for I have delivered him into thy hand, and all his people in his land. And thou shalt do to him as thou didst unto Sion, king of the Amorites, which dealt in Heshbon. So they smote him and his sons and all his people until there was none left him alive, and they possessed the land. So here we are again. <clears throat> and Moses is still taking directions, <laughs> which is awesome. He says, Do not fear him, for I have delivered him into your hand. So we already know Moses is a man of God. Whenever he hears God speak, he obeys, he listens, and he does, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and it says here that uh, when the Lord said to Moses, Do not fear him, for I have delivered him into your hand with all his people in his land, and you shall do to him as you did to Sihon, king of the Amorites, who dwelt in Heshbon. So they defeated him. So they just went through that one battle. Then the Lord gives Moses directions. Hey, you're fixed to move to this next area here. You're going to defeat them just like you did the others. So when God speaks, Moses, he took action. You know, he always has. It says here, so they defeated him, his sons, and all the people until there was no survivor left. They didn't leave anybody alive. No survivor. And they took possession of that land. So we got this group of people, a large group of people, going through faithfully speaking and talking to the Lord, Moses the leader, and uh, they're still doing what God has told him to. And, they, and the, the people here, you got to realize too that they're actually listening and doing what Moses is telling them, what God's telling them to do. Still, so you know, when I look on that, and you think, you know. We talked about this probably a hundred times during these Bible studies. That all this stuff, just like Jim said earlier, these people done went through by direction of the Lord. And they still question a lot of times. But yet when they start going through this land and doing stuff, you don't hear much murmuring. They're just showing all action. You know, they're just moving through and doing what the Lord's actually told them. To do. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's when you get idle, right. you know, that you question and complain and all that. Yeah, sometimes when we, we have time to think too much, right. <laughs> our mind goes goes the wrong way. You we know? overthink stuff. Exactly. I'm bad about that. Where are all these cities stuff that they're coming up against? Where are all these cities stuff located at? They're supposed to be by the... In relationship to the promised land. They're supposed to be by the Jordan River, I think, from what I read. Between that and then the uh, that Moab area right there. So they're still traveling on that King's Highway that even Don talked about last week, that major route. And they're using that route because that's already kind of like an interstate, I guess you could say, in the day's time. Those roads were kept up for kings and everybody in those areas to be able to travel to and from and do their inspections of where they want to do to check on the peoples. So... With it, with it being a major route, we know it had to be by a river because they wanted to have water and all that kind of stuff there along with them too. So it's by the Jordan and there in between Moab and that area there. I don't have a map really to... 
I've been looking. It's yeah. Moab is east of the Dead Sea. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. from the Dead Sea, and you go up north and finally get up there to the Sea of Galilee. But so they're they're on the east side. East of side of the Dead Sea, traveling north up toward where Jericho is going to be and all that. Be nice with that big old map up here. We could actually just kind of yeah. point, you know. <laughs> But we got to remember too that this was another battle that they did not provoke. You know, they didn't go in there and say, hey, we're fixing to fight and take the land. You know, they turned them down, so they just took it. You know, that's what God actually told them to do. <clears throat> so whenever they take possession of the land, we have to remember that becomes part of them then. Okay? Yeah, but in this battle, they left no survivors. Yeah, they, they took the out one before that pitched some people yeah. scattered and got yeah. away. Scattered and got away. And you yeah. think about the people that scattered and got away. They probably went off to these other little villages and stuff and tried to warn them, hey, we got Israel coming. You don't understand how these people there, they come and ask and they we told them no and we went into battle and they took over. Mm -hmm. You know. So both times on these two battles here, they asked, they wasn't really provoked to fight, but they was made to, you know. So as they're traveling through here, they're taking more land and possessions. Okay. I can all kind of imagine that you, you're probably talking about pretty close to a million people or maybe more. Oh, yeah. yeah, it'd be a lot of people. Like I said, we, in our minds, I mean, we probably don't realize how many people it really is, you know, moving around through there, you know. Like I said, these people here in these smaller little old villages and stuff, and they say these big old tribes coming in, like you said, they don't want them there. They're like, ah, that's too many people to deal with. We got women and children here. They're scared about people moving in and that kind of thing. So that's probably why they got turned away a lot because of the size of them. But we got to remember, though, that this is God's plan. I mean, he, he already has this already figured out. He wants them to go through, move, and, and then uh, these kings and stuff that's in the way that's not abiding by what God wants. He said that these people here were the chosen people. So he's gonna he's gonna do things through them that's not gonna be done through anybody else. We have to remember that. Alright, we're gonna be in chapter twenty two, man. Let me ask you a question. Now okay. I may be wrong. <clears throat> but God has told people whenever you go into the land of the promised land, there's giants there. And I'm not going to give you all the land at one time because your population is not going to be able to keep all of them from growing back up and everything. But as your population grows and everything, I'll give you little by little. Yeah, little, by little. And whenever you do go in there, you're supposed to kill men, women, children, children. all of them. Right. Now these Amorites, are they giants? And that, uh, that og? I may be wrong, but I won't say they are. Yeah, I'm not sure they're giants. I know they didn't kill all of them, though, the Amorites, from the beginning. You talking about the very first battle? I'm talking about all these three battles that oh. we've read about lately. Yeah. I know verse 20 here, we get down to chapter... Oh, what am I looking at here? I'm going to be wrong for some reason. <laughs> Well, I do run. Well, there is a Google the Amorite giants. I can do that real quick. 
descendants of Canaan. They are of great size. You're, you're yeah, they're, they're big people. Yeah, it says here the height and strength mentioned in Amos 2 9 has led some Christian scholars <clears throat> to the, to refer to the Amorites as giants. That's in Deuteronomy. The Amorite king Og describes the last of the remnant of the Rephim. That's in Deuteronomy 3.11. But, uh, these are giants and they're coming up again right now, aren't they? Anakin, yeah, mentioned in the Bible is a race of giants descended from Anak, according to the Old Testament, in the southern part of the land of Canaan, near Hebron. So, yeah, they are giants. Well, if you go ahead and look into Amos that you mentioned, uh -huh. it says they were as tall as cedars and as strong as oaks. So, so they, they, big they, people. they were big people. Good point. Same we got to look at that and think about it being a giant. Tall as cedars, I mean. They ain't just some little bitty folks are up against fighting. Yeah. But it did yeah, stay giants. Yeah. But it did so, you know. Right. All right, we're going to move on into 22. <clears throat> Somebody like to read 22, 1 through 4? <clears throat> and the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on this side of Jordan by Jericho. And Balak, the son of Zippor, or Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was so afraid of the people because they were many, and Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Midian, yet. Now shall this company lick up all that are round about us, as the ox licketh, licketh up the grass of the field. And Balak the son of Zippor was king of the Moabites at that time. Okay. So they're in the plains of Moab. And this is kind of gives you a little bit of a, an idea of where they were, you know, on the side of Jordan across from Jericho. And, uh, the son of Zippor, he saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. So if these people are seeing these people slay people like giants and that kind of thing and taking over all their land, all their possessions and slaying everybody in those villages and tribes, they're probably getting, like I said, they're getting a little bit of fear in who they are, you know. And they're probably realizing too the God that they serve is, must be pretty big, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, so they, it says here in uh, verse 3, it says, they were exceedingly afraid of the people because they were many. And it says here, and Moab was sick with dread because of the children of Israel. So his stomach's done turned over thinking about all this stuff. You know, what, who they are, how many they are, and that kind of thing. And it says here, if you go on down into 4, why do y'all think he was so worried about it? What, what, why do y'all think he was worried Oh, so they go in and destroy and literally wipe out an entire, mm. entire village. You know, all these people in all these villages, you know, it took them time to, to get what they got. You know, it wasn't like they just formed something in two days. And, but it's like us. I mean, we take, we, we've got a home. 
you know, somebody comes in on our land, that's why, you know, we get kind of agitated sometimes if somebody pulls up the driveway and they're not welcome, you know what I mean? Or if you got a fenced-in yard and, you know, somebody's over in your fenced yard, you're going to get kind of agitated, right? Yeah, you don't know who they are. You don't know who they are, but see, this here shows that they, they start to understand who they are. It says here that he goes, he said to the elders of Midian, now this company will lick up everything around us. So that means that they know for a fact this is a large group of people. They've done seen what's in store or what's happened to other villages and areas around there from hearsay or whatever. And they know that they come through there that they can just take every single thing that they got. So that's why he's worried about it. It says, As Balak the son of Zippor was the king of the Moabites that time, then he sent messengers to Balaam the son of Boar and Pethor, which is near the river in the land of the sons of the people, to call him, saying, Look, a people has come from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth and are setting, settling next to me. Therefore, please come at once, curse the people for me, for they are too mighty for me. So there again, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of reading on down further than what we read, but, but, uh, but what I'm trying to say is, is that they're worried, you know. This guy here, he's thinking about it going, wow, I mean, this could be the end of us, you know. They're probably trying to decide whether to just let, give them a pathway to go through there or, or try to resist them. And they saw that the resist, well, the resistance lost. Yeah. But it says here, you know, it says here during this time here in 21 through 24 whenever it says then the children of israel moved israel was at this point on the move that it essentially finished the 38 year exile in the wilderness and then progressed toward the promised land and they continued further toward the <coughs> promised land than the previous generation of unbelief had <clears throat> and it also says they they also had the blessing of victory god preparing them to fight the mighty Canaanites by a series of battles against lesser peoples. And we find all that out in Numbers 21, 1 through 3, and we already come through all that. But uh, it says, though, what it says here that Moab was sick with dread because of the children of Israel. As Israel advanced towards Moab, Balak, and the king of Moab was exceedingly afraid, this was because of the size of Israel and because they had defeated neighboring nations. So they knew what they had already done. They knew who they were. They knew they was coming toward them. So he was scared. But also when it says that this company will lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field, it says that Balak's fear was completely logical. And because it says, on the other hand, if he had only known and had believed God's word, he would have had nothing to fear. But God commanded Israel to not harass Moab because he did not intend to give Israel the land of the Moabites. That goes back to Deuteronomy 2.9.2, back in Deuteronomy. But uh, if we go on down where in 5 and 6, where I read through a while ago in 5, it says, Then he sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Bor, and Pethor, which is near the river of the land of the sons of his people, to call him, saying, Look, a people has come from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth. Right there, that's a lot of people. And somebody says it covers the face of the earth. And are set settling next to me. So he didn't like that. Therefore, please come at once. You know, curse the people for me. For they are too mighty for me. 
And then it says, Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. That's him talking to the elders. <clears throat> So was Balaam some sort of a, I mean, for him to, somebody asking to bless or curse people, was he like some sort of a, I don't know what you call it. Well, I mean, the Lord, the, the Lord winds up speaking to him. Yeah. So he tells him not to curse about it. So I think there was probably some sort of a relationship there that, you yeah. know, because he, he wasn't like freaked out when God started. Yeah, well, speaking. God told him he wasn't like this, right? Like, yeah. oh, who was that? Yeah. He wasn't like So a, I think there was probably some sort of a relationship there. And there was probably, he was obviously known to, if what he speaks comes to, it comes to pass. So he's probably not like, like a psychic, but like a. Well, like a prophet. I think he would okay. have been, been considered probably like a, a prophet, prophet at the time. Okay, yeah. You know, uh, That's what and I was he's, he's, a, he's known enough that he is mentioned in yeah. Revelation. Mm -hmm. right. you know. It says here on one of my study guides that I got out, it says a man named Balaam suddenly appears in the book of Numbers. We do not know how he came to be estimated to be estimated as a prophet or a man with spiritual powers. But Balaam certainly knew his reputation. So there again, it's like Miss Debbie said, he did have some type of relationship and know God because right. God did speak to him as we're going down through here. Right. Okay. So... It also says as the account continues, it will be clear that Balaam has knowledge of the true God. Okay. The God of Israel, not some vague demonic spiritual connection. But how he came to know the true God is unclear. He is uh, like Melchizedek in Genesis 14, 8 and Jethro in Exodus 18. Men who were not Israelites but came to know the knowledge of the true God some way, form, or fashion. We don't know how, but but we do know that he does mention him and he knows who he is. He has some type of relationship with him. So we do know that just from this passage of reading. But also when it says, therefore, please come at once. I think this is in verse 6. Curse the people from him. Well, Balak wanted Balaam to curse Israel, to cripple them spiritually so they could be defeated in battle. And Balak seemed to know the strength of Israel was spiritually rooted and they had to cut off from their source of power if they wanted to be conquered. It says here that Balaam was known as a mighty man of spiritual things. As far as Balaam was concerned, when Balaam cursed or blessed a man or people that came to pass, that's why he went to him. Because he thought, well, if I get this okay through him, then we know this is going to happen. Well, and I think that's a lot like, like it is today. You know, you encounter people and, and you have a reputation of you speak truth, you know mm -hmm. the truth, you and and if there's a problem, they come to you. They right. come to you for prayer, they come to you for whatever. That's what he was doing. Exactly. He was just doing it in the wrong way. Wrong way. He <laughs> I'm knew. not asking you to pray for me to, right. to to bless me and make sure I keep my land. I want you, I'm I want to ask you to pray for me and curse these people. Right. Wipe them out. Wipe them out. Yeah. He kinda of went to it the wrong way. Yes. He yeah. didn't go to him saying, Lord, whatever you'd like for these people to do in my land, let it be. Instead, we don't want them out of here. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't looking at God's plan, he was looking at his own. Exactly. And we can do that to ourselves. Mm -hmm. you know? Doing the right thing in the wrong way. Right, exactly. Now, how long had they been out 
38 years at that time. 38 years. 38 years. Yep. And these people have been slaves and been doing hard labor in Egypt. Yeah, and you got to realize too that some of these people in 38 years, all they knew was the history of the slave movement at that time. You know, they weren't slaves. They were born and here they were just, all they knew was living in the desert and moving from area to area to area. They didn't have anything to do with being a slave, you know, at that time. You figure 38 years, that's a lot of grown people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, all right. They're 30 people, 30 years old, leaving Egypt with 68 years old. Right. We look at our, you know, at our times in 38 years, how big, how much things change, you know, from generation to generation. I mean, I remember when I was in high school and how things worked 28 years ago. <laughs> And then how things are today with kids. I mean, it's just a lot different. And I'm sure the same thing was happening even in this generation of people moving from the very beginning of time to 38 years later. You know, it's a different, it's a different mindset probably. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people that seen the wonders of things that happened early on in Egypt whenever they first moved out, they was already gone probably. They probably wasn't even around. So it was all known by verbal and tradition and people word of mouth tell them, you know, kind of like our ancestors do us, you know. I still remember lots of stories from my grandmother and grandfather, you know, back in the day, whenever they were kids or growing up. And I still remember that, those things, but Do you I'm think sure. that could be part of the reason why the grumbling suddenly stopped? Because all of those that had been in Egypt were now, they, they don't could have be. off or been wiped out could because be. of the grumbling. You know, it could be could be a big reason why you don't hear much of the murmuring at this point here. But also too, you know, you think about whenever somebody goes in to a place and they ask for a way through, they're denied that way, they get attacked and they start taking over. Well, they, in a sense, in human mind, they're winning something. When we win, what, what does it do? Our whole attitude changes a lot, don't it? <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to say them winning these battles made them change, but I'm just saying in a, in a human standpoint, when we win something, it makes us feel like we're doing something, you know. Yeah. Well, but, like uh, after, after that last set of murmuring and the bronze snake, and, and that piece happened, right. there is no more. Or no, they, no more. Now it's moved forward and they right. and it, and too, you know, you think about the bronze, you know, the, the serpents. That might have been a big time eye-opener, you know, too, you know, for them. And uh, that Brother Don talked about last week, you know, uh, that would probably weigh probably pretty heavy on their minds of thinking about the serpents and how, you know, how they were kind of, I guess you could say, uh, I don't even know what the right word is to say, but uh, you take somebody that's got serpents coming down and you get bit and all this, and you got a staff over here that's got one on it, and you got to look at it and this kind of thing. I mean, that's gonna that's gonna play with your mind a little bit, and it's probably gonna make you change some things, you know. So that might be one of the reasons why you know a lot of murmuring stopped too. But like you said too, with with a lot of people as this thing goes on, a lot of people aren't there that was you know that continued to. I guess you say from the very beginning, you know, so it probably changed those generations as well, too, mindsets 
you know. What's well, like the nothing the people, they're, they're traveling and they're going into foreign lands that they don't know what the people are going, how they're going to receive them. So I'm sure that they had an army built up and that they were probably, <coughs> when, when they wasn't traveling, <coughs> they probably were practicing for war. Well, they, you know, if they wasn't, you know, after the very first battle, they're fighting giants. You know, they were probably going, hey, we, we, we just bet we're beating giants now. What's going to be in this next village? You know, so they probably were. And like I said, this was the <coughs> people that lived in the wilderness and then they, they were tough. They were tough. You know, they were tough people, you know. So as they're traveling in that group like that, are they put their, their I want to call it soldiers, the fighters, the strong people, are they putting them there at the front? And the women and the children. I'm sure that's what they would be doing. I'm sure. I mean, if you think about it, they're going. If they're going to go into yeah. battle, they don't went through two or three cities and villages. You know, whatever they're going to come against next, they're going to have their strongest people up front. You know, to take on that. Do you, you think know? they had a lot of livestock from, from battles? They're still point? moving, yeah. Because I mean, they took over the land. They took over all the possessions. So, and so that would be scary, but about. When they said they took all the grass, they right. probably had they got animals and everything else that's moving. They're worried about not having grass for their animals. Right, exactly. Well, you think about it. If it's enough people to cover the face of the earth, and as they're moving through here, they're taking in all the possessions of these other people, and that's cattle, that's food, that's that's probably everything. Goats, Goats and, sheep. and sheep and everything. Yeah. You know, they're, that's moving along with them. Cattle over here were worried about the sheep and goats. Right, exactly. And they come into the land of the Amorites. They settled there. They know that's not their permanent place, right. but they settled there. So I think as they probably as they move forward, they're not all moving again. What is moving is their their soldiers. Is their soldiers and their strong group. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're going and venturing into new lands, and they're 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 trying to take over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it says here whenever they conquered those cities, we have to remember it said it belonged to Israel then. So if it belonged to Israel, some of those people probably stayed behind a little bit right. as the battle moved forward. It says in verse 31 you know. of chapter 21, and so Israel settled in the land of the Amorites. Yeah. How so many thousands of, them started of people living. left Egypt? It was thousands and thousands, thousands then. Yeah. And like you said, they built up. What if we had, uh, how many thousands do you think? Can you remember? I can't remember offhand. Anybody remember how many it was from how many thousands of, of people that left in the of Egypt? Six hundred thousand Can you imagine six hundred thousand in one group coming through Atlanta? Right. We know Atlanta lives. Six hundred thousand. And this is group two. I don't know if it was six hundred thousand. Even in today's time, with the highways and everything that we got. I mean, and if you look, you know, if you look ahead, just in a few chapters, yeah, in the second census, just the number of men was six hundred one thousand seven hundred and thirty. Yeah, that just so that's weird. not women and children right. and slaves and yeah, everything got, else. They probably got so, a million people moving around. But they're probably know. closer to two. I can't imagine that passing through Atlanta. But, you know, when they started, they said it was a million and a half Israelites plus Egyptians, Egyptians that came with them and other people. Right. So it's close to two million. Two million people, yeah, moving around. Well, it's almost seven. I, I want to get in there with the donkey started talking. <laughs> anyway, that'll be Brother Gary to do that, I guess. Well, folks, uh, 
I guess we'll just stop here tonight. Um, How far did we get? We are in 22.6 is where we stopped Okay. 22.6. Numbers 22.6. Next week we'll be on 22.6. We well, you went through that. Yeah, I went through that one. 22.7. So 22.7 next Wednesday night. Yeah, I was wanting to get to the talking, to the talking donkey, but it didn't get there. It's a pretty interesting story there, you know. <laughs> but folks, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've studied on this, and uh, I thought I was a little bit better prepared than what I was, but evidently. Uh, but but uh, I appreciate you guys coming tonight and uh, keeping up with the study. For sure, uh, this is one thing that we really need to do and not take for granted is God's Word for sure, but two is that we get to come together and meet and discuss God's Word together as a group, as a church. And that's how we all grow, you know. Just like these people here, they move together, they stuff together, and they won, right? But that's the same thing that we have to do as a church. We have to stay together, move together, study together, pray together, and then we, like I said, we make it. We, we'll be where God wants us to be at the same time, and that's the promised land. <laughs> you know, heaven for us. You, you got to remember, no matter how bad it gets in the end, we win. Exactly, we're going to win, as long as we keep the faith and we keep our beliefs. And uh, <clears throat> you know, I was thinking about that the other day when I was driving back from Alabama, and uh, about. The, the traveler to the promised land. Well, if you think about that, we're kind of in, in the same area, in a way, physically in body, you know. Uh, we know when we meet the Lord in salvation, we've already made it, pretty much. But we still have this journey on earth that we still got to travel and go through to get there. But uh, I don't know, there's just a lot of similarities when you start reading and thinking about stuff like that that you can pull from. God's you Word. Today? No, that was uh, Sunday. Oh, okay. Sunday morning, last Sunday morning, I had to go to, I left from the Gideon and went straight to Alabama. Worked at a mill down there for seven hours, left there at one thirty and drove back that night on Monday. So, it was a fast trip. <laughs> a lot of thinking, you know. <laughs> I don't think this group of people move that fast. <laughs> well, we've been blessed with work for sure, and uh, I'm not going to complain, but We've got, we got a lot of stuff going on at our shop, but uh, I said I'm not going to complain about it for sure. We're blessed to have work and keep everybody busy. Yeah. And uh, especially in this time of day, I know a lot of people that's in my business, they, they're shutting down and they're just going through a hard time. Material prices are so high. I mean, everything just skyrocketed. But, and the bad thing about it is, you know, you got to add all those costs in and it always rolls off to the customer. And then their product that they're manufacturing, it goes up because they're having to pay for what my, you know, what our cost is. So it's just a revolving, just a, a non-stop thing, yeah. you know. But enough about work, <laughs> besides working for the Lord. Y'all make sure y'all continue to do that this week and uh, stay focused on Him. And uh, Pastor Gary will be back next Wednesday night and uh, I think he'll do a very, very good job about talking about the uh, the talking donkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll be here Sunday. Yeah, he'll be here Sunday. But I'm talking about next Wednesday night for Bible study. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be here Sunday. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
so see what he says about the donkey that talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll do a good job explaining that. One. Let's go to the Lord in prayer real quick, and then we'll be dismissed. Lord, we just come to you again. We just thank you and praise you for tonight, Lord. Thank you for tonight's lesson. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that uh, that, that we we heard from you tonight, Lord, and then uh, we understand just a little bit more about your word, Lord, and, and about the Israelites and what they've done by moving through get to the promised land. Lord, to their faith and their listening to what you have them do, Lord. We just pray that we can do the same in our journey through life and on our way to our promised land that you have for us, Lord. We love you so much, Lord. We thank you and praise you for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 What about, about